All right. Good morning, everybody. Good to have you. If it is, if you're, if you're visiting, if it's your first time, we want to welcome you to Granite Creek, and we're really glad that you're here. And uh, this is our, thank you for coming to our Christmas service. And there's nothing a little bit different. We have the fire department and the police department out, and so thank you guys so much. And um, <clears throat> they will be available for photos, and they're going to give your kids stickers afterwards. So feel free to hang out with them and talk with them. They're they're great guys. They're a lot of fun, and gals too. So they're a lot of fun. Um, uh, they did the the toy drive and. and the Claremont Police Department, Fire Department, they did, this is their toy drive that they do for the community. And uh, there's another community group. It is Keep the Good in Our Neighborhood. They really stepped up and they really promoted it this year. And so, um, I'm not kidding you, five days ago, they had a whopping five presents. And, um, and, and Stu Davis asked me if we would help distribute the presents and I said, Stu, if we don't have enough presents for our kids, you're going to eat this. This is your idea. And so we, they, we have over 500 toys here. There's even another truckload that's not even here. So uh, isn't it awesome when people actually care? Isn't that amazing when people actually care? And whenever you lose heart with, with humanity, know that there's people that are willing to give. And so I'm, I'm really proud of our church. I'm really proud of our, our community. I'm proud of the Claremont community, uh, how generous they are. So, again, welcome. Every kid gets a gift today. And you know what? Everyone in this room knows that family that is struggling this Christmas season. And you have permission to get your phones out and to text them or to email them. And you can invite them to 1230. We'll probably be here to 1, giving away toys. But I want, you to, I want you to think about that person or that family that's really struggling this Christmas season. Reach out to them. It's not too late. Reach out to them or maybe after the service, give them a call or give a, you know, your neighbor a call and say, you know that family down the street? Tell them to come here. The, the police department's giving away their toy drive stuff in the fire department. So just invite them. There's so many kids that need stuff this year. And this is your opportunity to reach out and do some good. Okay, a uh, couple more announcements. Again, if it's your first time, I want you to welcome you and just hang out, you know, visit us, you know, and just, you can sit in the back, you don't have to talk to anybody, you can be anonymous, but we want, we want to encourage you just to, just to hang out and see if, you know, we're not that weird, and you just, you might like us, you just might like us if you hang out with us long enough, and if you feel like it's a good fit, I want to invite you to the Alpha Course, which is a little round table dinner setting where we just talk about the Christian faith. And it is a safe environment for you to ask stupid questions. But the rule is there are no stupid questions. So you can ask whatever question you want. Uh, I'll try to field them as best as I can. But I just want you to know it's going to be a safe place to ask those really difficult questions about faith. And I want to invite you to Alpha. It's going to start in February. But just hang out with us. You know, just you're going to like us. I promise. Uh, and then... Christmas Eve, we're having our Christmas candlelight service, candlelight and communion service. So this is like, this is the specialist time. I love this event. So the whole church gets together. Again, you can invite your friends and family to come. We'll sing some more Christmas carols. We'll have a candlelight uh, vigil, and, and we'll, do the, we'll have communion. It's, it's the best time uh, to connect with your Savior. It's going to be a great day. We obviously have the cutest kids in the world here that are going to sing for us. And five... Oh, yes. Okay. The, the communion candlelight service is at 5 o'clock. Can you say 5 o'clock? 5 o'clock. Don't come at 6. 5 o'clock. Because we're, this is a 40-minute uh, service because your kids are going to be in here. 
your kids are going to be in the service. It's going to be 40 minutes tops. They're going to take the communion cups and start cracking them and stuff, and you know what I'm talking about. All right, 5 o'clock. All right, Pastor Jonathan, where are you at? All right, we have the privilege to have our little choir sing to us today. Did you know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem for you and for me? Then go tell it on the mountains. beautiful song came together in the middle of the night to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus. Amen. 
you want to find the heart of Christmas, give your heart to Jesus.
That's called a hard act to follow. Uh, wow. Um, I want to just talk to you a couple of seconds of what's going to be happening here in the next couple of minutes. Um, I'm going to, uh, I have about a four-hour sermon um, that I have trimmed down to about 15 minutes. Um, Heather's going to come and sing in a couple of minutes here, but um, I just want to just, first of all, just to welcome all of you. What a great day this is. This is our Christmas. This is the day that we celebrate the, the, the birth of Christ, and um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming and joining with us. Thanks to all of you that poured out so much energy over the past couple of, of weeks to, to make um, the, the Living Nativity happen, to, to make all of the events that happened through Kid Care International also. Some of you know, some of you may not know, on Tuesday we had 400 uh, kids here that are uh, needy um, uh, from some, some, some rough areas, and about the only Christmas they got to have was um, what took place here on, on, on Tuesday. Uh, we fed about 1,500 meals for, for Christmas that we're, we're giving out, uh, so to, you know, you guys have really stepped up to the plate, and um, um, I'm not sure what's better than a Grand Slam home run. I don't know what it is, you know. It's, uh, can you get a hat trick in baseball? Okay, okay. Anyway, you got a hat trick and a Grand Slam. It's good to see all of you today. If it's your first time with us, great to have you here. A little later on, as we pass the offering baskets, tear off that, um, that thing on your bulletin and drop it in the basket, and we'll send you ice cream in the mail. At wintertime in Southern California, you need ice cream. So um, we're going to be talking today just about the, the whole issue behind Christmas is that, you know, it is the, the issue that God became flesh and, and lived among us, that we embrace the truth that, that God wanted to repair that broken relationship between man and God. And we, were not, we could not be good enough to fix it. And Jesus Christ came to, to pay that price. He was born, we believe, of the, the Virgin Mary, who boldly proclaimed the, the virgin birth and the deity of Christ, and saying that this is who we are. And we have, we've had this, this, this living nativity, Again, I've done this for 13 years, and this year, there was just something different about it. Again, I mean, that, uh, that the video that we played, that, that two-minute and 30-second video that we play at the end of it with Spurgeon on the meaning of the name Emmanuel, and I'm not exaggerating. Most of you know I'm the king of hyperbole. You know, I, I am, you know. Um, and I have, and I'm, this is not hyperbole. I have heard that video hundreds and thousands of times. I really have. And every time, it was just, it was just something about it that was just so drawing, and and so alive, because because God with us, not some kind of a, of a vague picture in our mind, but. But knowing that, that God, God moved into our neighborhood. He became one of us so that he could relate to us and so that we could understand him. And so as we, we, we understand this issue, and uh, Heather's going to come and sing a song that is going to focus.
this, this issue of, of, of God with us. I mean, it's not just the fact that, well, we celebrate this little baby in a manger and we know that this baby grew up to face the cross, but there is an issue of, of eternity with Christ. And I, I hope, I don't hope, I know, you know, you're all going to be bowls of jello when this song is over with, okay? Uh, because of just that understanding of we shall behold him. We're going to see Christ for who he really, really is, not just as a baby in a manger, not as a Savior hanging on a cross, not as a resurrected um, uh, a being, but we're going to see Christ in his godness. And it's going to be a whole series of, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Heather, come on, come on up.
Thank you so much, Heather. I think I'd rather follow the kids than that. Uh, I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes this morning, and I mean that literally, and not, not literally a couple, um, a lot shorter than you've ever heard me speak before. That's the truth, too. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this, this, this Christmas season, uh, wow, what a, what a great time it has been for, for each one of us. And I left my glasses laying down here, and I can't see anything. There we go. Oh, no, it's going to be about four hours long. Not, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I, this, this Christmas season, uh, there, there's, there's a phrase that we see a lot at Christmas time. And uh, honestly, it's a phrase that's been so overused now that it's, it's almost meaningless. It's almost meaningless uh, until you really stop and look at it. And you go, oh, wow, wow, wow. And it's that phrase of wise men still seek him. You know, we see it, we hear it, we see it on the back of bumper stickers. We, you know, oh, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, wise men, yeah, okay. But today I want to talk to you about being wiser. I want to talk to you today just about, about the wiseness of, of serving, serving God in the way that the wise men did. In our living nativity, scene number nine was, was this scene of, of, of Herod. Um, and um, in our, the history of our church, when we do scene number nine, we've historically just tried to pick nasty people to play Herod. Um, and uh, the irony of it is, is that, uh, you know, someone like Dean Little playing a nasty person. You know, that, that, you know talk about that's acting. <laughs> that's acting. Um, Here's this big teddy bear, you know. Here, here's somebody that, you know, who is pro- projecting this image of being harsh and mean. And uh, I want to talk to you just briefly about the, that, that story. That's a part, there's so many characters in Christmas. There's so many people that are involved in the, the entire Christmas story from, you know, whether it is from, from, from the angels or the prophets of the Old Testament foretelling the coming of Christ and you know, just nailing it down, the, the details of it. If it is the, um, the numbers of, of shepherds that, that were there, the, the social outcasts that, that were invited to the birthday party, uh, it was the, the intelligentsia. In, in Matthew in chapter 2, I'm starting in verse 1, this passage it says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star rising and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard it, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And after calling uh, together all of the chief priests and the scribes and the people, he inquired from them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written uh, by the prophets... Um, and in Bethlehem, the land of Judea, uh, you are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For from you will go out a ruler and who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now, the proph- other prophecies in the Old Testament of all the way down through of, pers- of saying that the Messiah is coming. But Herod, when he summoned these wise men, he was trying to get something from them that they had understood previously. The wise men were the intelligentsia. 
And I want to talk today just, just briefly about honest intelligentsia and spun intelligentsia. Everything that we, we get in our culture now is spun according to somebody's point of view. You know, we really don't know what to believe and what to trust on the news. It just depends on the, the opinion of the person that is writing the story. And so what are they saying and what do we have to filter through what they are saying and how much of it is an overemphasis of one side and an um, underemphasis of, of another side? Where, where's the balance in it? And it, we just don't have a good representation of, of, of truth sometimes. And I want to just, the, the idea of honest intelligentsia and of a spun intelligentsia the honest of the, these wise men that were honestly looking for something and they found it. There's a, a, a passage in Jeremiah in chapter 29 and verse 13 and it says that if you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found of you. you you're going to find me. If you're honestly seeking me with all of your heart, not with a spun thing of I'm going to find the God that I'm looking for, but when we are looking for God for who he really is, the promise of God is that we will find him. He will be there. And these wise men, they were honest. They were an honest intelligentsia. They saw this, this star in the east. Um, there's, there, Rutgers University has done some, some backtracking of, of stars and how they can turn, you know. And, you know, yeah, as a matter of fact, at the time of the birth of Christ, and also as a matter of fact, the Chinese culture, totally removed from everything, also has a recording of something dynamic that happened in the skies. And these, these wise men, they were looking for something as they were s interpreting what these things meant. And they knew that there was going to be this king born. They did what was the normal thing to do. They, they, as they went to Jerusalem, they asked around. When King Herod heard they were there, he wanted to know what was going on. He, he invited them to come in. What are you looking for? We're looking for the king of the Jews. And as you know, you know the story that, that uh, Herod, uh, who is an actual uh, figure. He is not some mythical idea that some lonely people have made up. Uh, there were five, as a matter of fact, five Herods. This particular Herod was so mean and so cruel that he actually had his wife, his mother-in-law, and three of his sons uh, killed because he was afraid they were going to be taking over his throne. And it was just a common thing to, to get rid. It was a common thing for it to be said about Herod. It is, it is better, there's a little play on words in the Greek language here. Uh, and, and it says, it is better to be one of Herod's pigs than one of his sons. Um, and if you understand the Jewish culture, you know the status of a pig. And uh, as he is... Uh, the, the, the play on words is that the words pigs and sons sounds a lot alike. 
um, it's, you know, different meaning, spelt differently, but sounds a lot of like, like our word sun in the sky and, and our word sun for a human being. Uh, but they, they sound, the words pig and sun sounds a, a lot alike. And so the play on words is, it's better to be a pig in the household of Herod than it is to be a son. Not, not a good deal, a sentence to death. And so the, the, the stories of, of Herod, you know, massacring every child under the age of two is something that is not difficult because if he would kill his own sons, his own wife, then anyone pretending to the throne is going to be facing some difficulties. When the wise men show up, they were the, the Persian priestly caste uh, who were honestly the scientists. They were the NASA of the period. They were the ones that understood what was going on around them. And they knew that God was making a play for planet Earth. And they wanted to be in on it. They were so honest that when they were warned by the angel not to go back to Herod, the Bible says that when, when these wise men walked in to see Herod, that they didn't bow down. Uh, it doesn't say they didn't. It just says that they walked in and they, they made their, say their plan. But when these wise men walked into this house to see Jesus. The Bible says that they worshiped him. Now, now keep in mind that I mean, we, we love the Christmas cards. I love Christmas cards. I love Christmas stories. Um, I love Frosty the Snowman. I love Rudolph. Um, I, I love Santa Claus. I, I love all of the, the, the traditions that Christmas brings in because Jesus came to, to make these things possible. They can't take the place of Jesus. They cannot be the focus of it. We have to focus on the idea that we shall behold him. And that's what it's all about. But let's enjoy Christmas. Let's enjoy the season. Let's enjoy the snow outside. <laughs> um, but but the Christmas card shows the wise men you know, at, at the manger scene, which is it, at the time, it probably would have taken them about two years to make that journey from, from Persia to, to, to Israel, about a two-year journey. Also, we, we have the story that there were three wise men. We come up with that idea because of the three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, there were actually four gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh, and a fr fruitcake. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other three guys didn't invite the one with the fruitcake. They knew the fruitcake would be around 2,000 years later. But it took about two years. They didn't, they didn't come to the manger scene. They came into the, a house where Jesus was. He was probably at about the age of two years of age. And the Bible tells us that when they saw him, uh, that promise from the word of God that if you seek me with all of your heart, you're going to find me. You're going to find me. I'm going to be there. And when they saw the, the child, when they saw this little two-year, probably two-year-old boy, the Bible says that they fell down, they kneeled down, they bowed down. The priestly caste, the NASA, the, 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 the extremely rich, that they bowed down and they worshiped him. Now keep in mind, as they were making this thousand-mile journey, it wasn't just three people 
making this journey was a large group of people. They probably traveled with an army to protect them through this pirate-infested desert that they had to travel through. They were carrying gold. They were carrying what priestly people would be carrying with them. They were high marks for to, to, to be held up, to be robbed. And so it wasn't just a little group. It was a, a, a dynamic that, that making this, 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 this presentation. And it says that they, they bowed down and they, they worshipped. The, the, it's a very intimate word. An intimacy that many of you feel at that time of worship. An intimacy that maybe many of you felt as, as Heather was singing. We, we, we. we we shall behold him. Oh, wow. You mean this God that we have stuck up there so far out of our life that there's an intimacy that he desires to, to have with us. He wants to reveal himself to us. We, we, we shall behold him. But we can behold him now. We can have that relationship with him even, even now. And that word in the Greek, it comes across as to, to kiss towards with adoration. See, it's not just like, oh, God is high and removed and we have to do religious things to, to appease this, this God up there. But God is saying, I want you to, to have that experience of love towards me. And when you understand what I've done for you, you you're going to love me back. You're going to love me back, not out of a religious thing. And so Herod depended on the spin of his scribes, his teachers, his, his Pharisees. He, he depended on the spin coming from them because they knew that if we don't tell him that, if we don't make fun of Jerusalem, then, you know, if he's going to kill his own kid, he's going to kill me. And because the wise men were so earnest in seeking God, as a matter of fact, they did. They, 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 they did leave a different direction. And they left with the affirmation that, that Jesus Christ was, was God in flesh. And we have to be cautious of the spin that we listen to in the world around us. We need to go to the Word of God, to the Bible, with, with all of our preconceived ideas and notions that we want to put on it. To let those set aside and to seek with the heart of, of wise men, to, to be wiser. To be wise in, in calling out on the name of God. God, I want to behold you I want to see you. I want to understand you. As we have been praying for everyone that comes to the living, through the living nativity this year, that that this would be your best Christmas ever. My 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 cry to you is is also that that for every one of you, this will be your best Christmas ever. That there will be not just a lot of presents and not just some good family time, but there will also be that that real issue of God became flesh. And as it says in the message paraphrase of the Bible, that, that the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. He moved in right where we live. He knows that living life is hard. 
He knows that it's difficult. Tell, tell a, a young man who grew up as a, a, a accused of, of the things that, that Jesus Christ was accused of. Life's hard. And he says, yes, I understand that. And so our God became like one of us. And he said, I know what it's like. My words to you is, may this be your best Christmas ever because the word became flesh and moved into your neighborhood. Be wiser. Cautious of the spin that we're forced and have an honest intelligentsia, not a spun intelligentsia. We will tell you what you are to believe. But instead, Lord, I want to behold you. I'm going to ask the worship man to come up to the front. I'm going to ask the uh, ushers to come to the front also. And uh, As they're coming, you know, just thank you so much for your faithfulness to the church. And maybe if you've never stepped across that line of faith to where you say, God, I, I want to give you my life. I want to follow you that way. That card that we mentioned earlier on the bulletin, just tear it off and drop it in the offering basket and mark that proper box that says, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in becoming a Christian or maybe just write a note there. I, w- I want to talk more about this. I want a little bit more understanding about all of this. And uh, we'll get a hold of you this week or uh, at the close of the service, come to the front and one of us will be here to talk with you. But as you are returning to the Lord, may God bless you as you give back to God and uh, as, as you worship him, as, as with that joy of, you know, joy, joy to the world, you know, the Lord has come. <laughs> joy is what joy is about. The Lord has come. So let's worship him as we, as we worship him in, in with our words, we worship him with our giving.